Hi, it's Jennifer Diane Ghostin, and welcome to Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land. You may have wondered what reunion looks like from an adoptee's point of view, or be embarking upon taking that journey yourself to search for your first family, or simply want confirmation that you are not alone in your experience, wherever you are on the path of healing and pushing through a trauma. Wouldn't it be empowering to have many of your burning questions answered here? It feels like I've known my next guest for years through social media. He responds on Instagram like a genuine friend. He didn't feel like a stranger, even though we had not yet met in person. His name is Keith Shirillo. And his posts are inspirational and uplifting messages for all of us in the adoption community. Keith is a late discovery adoptee who learned that he was an adopted person at the age of 33. In this episode, he shares that after nearly a decade of processing being an LDA, he harbors no resentment. The guidance he gives to other adoptees is simple. Our community can provide a safe place to fall. I got the opportunity to meet Keith in Indianapolis, Indiana at the NAAP in-person conference 2021. When he approached me and introduced himself, I knew immediately who he was by face and personality. He made me feel seen. And isn't that what we all desire when in the company of another? Allow me to introduce you to someone who lights up a room because he knows the power in being that way. Keith Shirillo. Keith, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you today. How are you doing? I'm great, Jennifer. How are you doing? I'm doing good, too. I know you on social media. I'm thinking of Instagram in particular. You do some of the best videos, and you have, like, so many great pics that inspire me. And so you're, you're pretty good at that. Well, thank you. And you engage with the adoption community so well, and... I know I have been following you for a while now. So when we had the opportunity to meet, like for me to meet you in person was a real treat. And that was at the NAAP conference, in-person conference 2021. How did you enjoy it? Yes, I enjoyed it very much. And, you know, likewise, it was definitely nice seeing some familiar faces that I've known online and some others that I've already met in person. If you remember, first walked into the conference hotel, I recognized you right away and had to say hello. Yeah, I'm so glad you did. And I felt honored that you did recognize me. So thank you for that. And I totally recognized you. You look exactly the same. And you're just like you're just as cool as you are on social media. You know, you never know. It was just such a pleasure to be in your company and to, to listen to you speak. And I think that you just have so much to offer the community. And I know, and you do offer so much. And I know you were representing the Center for Adoption, Support, and Education, right? Yes. Tell me I a little think. bit about that. Okay, sure. Well, the way I got involved with them was a fellow adoptee was part of a, a group that they had created during the pandemic called the Emerging Leaders Advisory Council. So basically, it just comprised of some of us adoptees that kind of, you know, give them insight 
into what it's like to be adopted. Because as you know, their organization is, uh, you know, a mental health organization. Yeah, I know you had books and adoption materials that look dynamite. And I'll include it in the show notes if you want me to. Yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah, they're great. They're a great organization. Well, let's just get right into your story. Okay. Wherever you want to start, however much you want to share about your journey. Okay, okay sure. So um, so basically, I'll give you sort of like the, uh, the framework, you know, of how I grew up and what I discovered. And then I'll go a little bit more into detail. Okay. So, so yeah, so uh, I guess I'll start out with saying I'm a late discovery adoptee. I found out I was adopted when I was 33 years old. So that was nine years ago. And, you know, I grew up in a family of six of us. I'm the only one that's adopted in the family I grew up in. And upon um, entering into a union, after my discovery, I had learned that my biological mother had eight of us kids that she had relinquished uh, for adoption. And um, so, yeah, grew up in a family of six, uh, part of a family of eight in my biological family. You know, over the years, I was able to track them all down. And um, it's been an interesting journey, you know. Yeah. So would you say nine years has given you enough time to kind of process that? Because I know being an LDA is an added layer to the adoption experience for adoptees. I think um, I think after nine years, I have fully uh, come full circle with processing everything. Uh, I kind of went through everything I feel like I was going to go through, which at first, I didn't know what was normal, what wasn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I kind of, a little bit of trial and error there. You know, I, I think I went through a couple of phases, uh, a little bit of that anger phase, that little bit of uh, maybe a sadness phase, just trying to figure stuff out, trying to kind of relearn myself, even though I had already created a life of my own. I mean, I was, I am a father. You know, at the time I was married uh, when I discovered I was adopted. But, you know, there were other things, you know, there was like, learning about my, you know, my ethnicity, stuff like that, you know, like where, you know, I grew up in an Italian Jewish family. And then I discovered my biological mother was Puerto Rican, you know, my biological father, Hungarian. So, but yeah, like I, I would actually like, I would listen to comedy, like, like comics, like George, like uh, John Leguizamo and uh, George Lopez and Freddie Prince to try to, that was kind of like my education of learning about the Latin heritage, <laughs> mm. you know? Yeah. You know, that, that was how I did it. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, like stuff like that. It, it's amazing how much you can learn from like comedy. I um, agree. Th- th- that's just like a part of like the stuff I did just to try to reintegrate myself into my true essence. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So. And I know you have a strong belief in, in God. D- did that yes. also play a part in, helping you to process? Well, yeah, to believe, well, to be honest, my belief in God, I've always had it my whole life, even though in the house I grew up in, we weren't even allowed to speak of God. I've always felt God's presence in my life. Mm. And then even when I met my ex-wife, she used to go to a Catholic church. And of course I went with her. I did that for about eight years. When I discovered I was adopted, I discovered my beginnings. You know, my biological mother had a lot of issues like these are real issues. This is not like stereotypical stuff. This is like she literally did have mental health issues. She literally was using drugs. She was into prostitution at the time of my birth. 
So these were real things that, and when I found all this out, I was like, it's like, wow, God really has always had my back. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm just gonna, just gonna give God all the glory in my life. I mean, I'm not the type that could tell you any Bible scriptures off, off, you know, off the top of my head, but I just know God is always there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to explain, you know? Right. Now, can I go back and a little bit in what you've shared so far and ask, how did you learn at 33 that you were adopted? When I was 25, I had a cousin over my house. We were eating dinner and he had mentioned to me, he said, well, I just found out about you a couple of years ago. I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you know, that you're adopted. I was like, oh, really? Wow. I was like, okay. So I kind of like played it cool until he left. And then I got on the phone with like everybody I could, my mom, a couple of my brothers, my sisters, and everybody kind of denied it. It kind of basically made me think I was crazy. What did they but say? Then, like what, what they just said flat out no? Well, no, they, they just kind of said like a couple of them said like, well, what do you think? Or like, uh, does it matter? Or like, yeah, one, one, one person might have said no um, mm-hmm. straight out, but nobody said yes. Right. Or, or, you know, so I, I didn't really wasn't able to verify it right, right at that point. So that was when I was 25. Then, you know, you fast forward by eight years later when I was 33, I was at a funeral and I seen a cousin who I hasn't, hadn't seen for a couple of years. And I went to give her a hug and she looked like she was like disgusted by me. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. I thought in the back of my head, but I was like, oh, that thing they told me about being adopted, maybe it's true. So I decided to like finally really, really do some research into it. So, you know, I started out with joining a couple of uh, Yahoo groups at the time, connected with other adoptees. You know, they gave me some uh, some advice. They said, you know, look at your birth certificate. You look, you know, look at your long long form certificate. So I had to order that. I ordered my long term form certificate. Saw the extra set of numbers. Saw the the you know the the extra legal writing on it. <laughs> You know, I, I, you know, a lot of things stood out. But then uh, what really opened everything up was when I registered for the New York Adoption Registry. You know, they said, they said, yeah, you know, do the registry. And they said, if you know, if, if, if they have anything for you, you'll get an answer back in about six months. But for me, it only took two weeks because someone else was registered. So it was my biological father. Mm. You know, so that, you know, you know, we uh, we connected right away. So that... That kind of verified everything, and so he you know, was the first person that you found from your birth yes. family. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah, and you know how unlikely that is. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. That's pretty interesting. So, did you ever like confront your family about them not telling you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I straight out like once I verified it, I, I called my mom up. I told her. I said, well, I know. <laughs> I know I'm adopted. I know it's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, all I had to say was, you know, like I said something about like, I, at the time I didn't know the right proper terminology, but I was like, I know I'm half Spanish. You know, that's what I said. And then she like, started like bugging out. Then she knew that like I knew, you know, mm. I really knew. So, so, you know, I'm wondering, you now know you are adopted. So I know there's, Probably um, the relationship with your your adoptive family is strained. Did 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 it kind of 
come to a place where you made peace about what they had failed to tell you? Yes, I did. You know, um, I, I think, you know, it's not in my nature to really hold grudges. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really have that initial thought of, you know, like, you know, stop talking to people, hold the grudge. I kind of went life is normal. You know, I'd still go to family gatherings, even though it was a little uncomfortable. Um, because you know, everybody else knew, right? Yeah, they all did. They all yeah. did know. Yeah. It's, at some point, they all found out. You know, for example, I have a sister that's about two and a half years younger. So I heard the story about when she was 18 or something, getting ready for college, she was up in the attic collecting some of her documents or whatever. And then she saw something. It was like a card that somebody had given the family about me, you know, saying like, welcome, Keith. you know, like I'm laughing, but like, I'm like, it's crazy. Like, welcome Keith to the Shrillo family or something like that. Mm. So she, you know, she discovered I was adopted when she was 18 and I'm, when I was 21 and you know, I still had no idea. Right. Um, but the others kind of knew, you know, cause they're a little bit, you know, even my, my brother right above me, he's about two and a half years older. And then all the other ones that were older, they definitely all knew hundred percent. When you look at pictures, like it's just so obvious. Like, and I never really put two and two together, you know, so, you know, did they ever say why they didn't tell you? My mom always kind of said she didn't want me to feel different, mm-hmm. um, even though I did. And the ironic thing is, too, my mom actually discovered that her father growing up uh, was not her biological father. I, I think the story goes that she had discovered that, I think, when he passed. So, you know, she had kind of that going on in her own life. Yeah. Still, That's interesting. You know? Yeah. I know that you're connected to the adoption community in a big way. When did you first become connected? Yeah. So with that, it kind of like, um, yeah, it started with a, like a Yahoo, uh, a Yahoo group, uh, the New York adoption, New York adoptees Yahoo group back in the day. And from there connected with a bunch of people, a few people. And then, uh, you know, actually two of the first people that I connect with in the community and both of these names probably sound familiar to you. Uh, you know, Cheerio, she was the first mom. And then uh, Jeff Hancock, who's also a late discovery adoptee. Mm. And from there, I looked at their friends list. And I literally just, like, started, like, clicking on names. Right. So, I, and I just started connecting with people. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, I would find out about different things going on, different little events. And I would try to make, you know, some events that were local in the D.C. area. You know, just, just yeah, just staying connected to people, you know, kind of, you know, always making myself available through me- you know, I'm the type of person, if someone was to message me, I would actually answer them, you know. Like, right, I you know. know. There are some people, yeah, there are people who you message them, they, they ignore you. I don't do that. Like, I never ignore anybody. Right. You know, I, I, think, I just noticed that, yeah, you respond, and, and you're pretty savvy on Instagram. Like, you just seem to be really good at it. Yeah, yeah, it just kind of picked up, kind of picked up on it. You know, I'm 42 now, and, you know, well, a lot of the, 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 a lot of people on Instagram now, especially in the adoption community, yeah, they're younger for sure. A lot of people in their 20s now, 30s, they're starting to get really connected now. Mm-hmm. You know, so. so what would you, what, what do you think is the best thing about being connected to the adoption community? Yeah, what, what I think the best thing about it is, and this is just something that just came to mind. It's sort of like, you know how they talk about like the three strands of, of, of rope, right? that make uh, things stronger. So with the adoption community, what I realized is that, you know, so many people get involved with it because they want to be connected to something. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 and I also understand that people go through these phases where they need breaks and where they disconnect and they, sometimes they just drop off the face of the earth. Sometimes they'll, uh, you know, in the online community, sometimes they'll unfriend you or block you for no reason at all. But something I realize is that the community is a, a safe place to land, a soft place to land for a lot of people. I think a lot of people in the adoption community have an open door policy where they, they keep the lines of communication open. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've never seen I've never seen that in any other realm before. You know, an employer, right? You know, you quit a job. I mean, but it's not like you could just go right back to your job anytime when you quit a job or you graduate from a certain school. Yeah, you could be considered an alumni, an alumni, but you're not still going to that school. With yeah. the adoption community, we're choosing who we want to be connected with. Opportunities are created, just like how you gave me the opportunity to be on your podcast, which I appreciate, you know. And uh, <laughs> So I'll, I'll just say the greatest part about it is that it's something that, that we created. It's like an institution almost that a community has created. Mm-hmm. And it feels like there's so many resources, so many groups now. And so people can pick and choose and really connect via Zoom and in many different ways with, I guess, their niche, you know, because LDAs have um, specific concerns and, and wanting to hear from and give to other LDAs, you know, and those groups are forming slowly but surely. And the uh, transracial groups, like it feels like there's uh, specialties that are going on, which I think is really nice. Yes. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, and the podcast definitely is an opportunity for the storyteller and the listener to both be a part of healing. Because uh, I think it is healing when we share. It's it's labor, but it is um, it has the potential to be a healing experience. What was the most helpful guidance you received when you first became connected? Do you remember? Because you've been like nine years feels like a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I do remember actually. Um, I remember um, something I posted one time. As we all know, whenever we talk about adoption, you know, it, it triggers things in different people. Mm-hmm. And um, I was speaking about something. I can't remember what I was speaking about, but I know that somebody on my friends list at the time was going on a rant. They were just talking about all this stuff. And, you know, when I post something, I kind of post to let it out. I'm not really great at like the back and forth conversations of it. Mm-hmm. But this person was having a conversation with someone else. They were almost going at each other's throats, you know. And um, I kind of like, I put a comment right below their conversation, like, like, what's going on here? And then someone told me some advice. They said, they said, remember, we're only responsible for what we put out there. You know, and um, I, I seriously, I, I take that with me. Like I, I, I take that with me in the adoption community. I take it with me, like even beyond that. I'm like, like, yeah, yeah. Like what I say, what I'm going through. Yeah, sure. It might trigger some emotions to other people, but unless I'm talking directly to somebody, I shouldn't take any offense to what they have to say back, especially if it's not constructive. You know, they're just, right. if they're just I... yeah, right. If they're just letting out their emotions on me. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I kind of take that still. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it can get toxic on on there sometimes. And, and I find myself, I'll read a little bit and then I'll just disengage because 
it doesn't put me in a good space. And and like you, I I don't want to be going back and forth. You yeah. know, it's, and, and then there are people you don't even know. You know, it's like it may never yeah. ne- never meet. So I don't know how productive that is. So that's good guidance. Yeah. Well, I know I wanted to talk a little bit more about social media because I think that is a space where we do have the potential to inspire people. And so your goal when you do Instagram, for example, what is it that you want to leave the, your followers or people that are seeing your posts? What is it that you want them to feel and leave them with? Yeah. To be honest, every time I post something, it's kind of like I'm posting it at the spur of the moment with what I'm going through right at that very moment. I'm not the type of guy, like I'm going through something and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to post something about it tonight. I'm literally posting about it as I'm going through it. Mm. And I have have a feeling that some people catch on to that. And I just want people to know like that's life. Yeah. It's an ebb and and flow. Yeah. You're going to feel one way, one, one moment and maybe not feel that way the next, but, but you're, you're living, you're living this life every day with what you're going through and there's no editing. You can't edit your life. You, You can't delete certain things of your life. To be honest, a lot of times I'm just letting stuff out, really. You know, like I said, I'm going through stuff, so I'm letting it out. And of course, I know people can see it, but, you know. Yeah, and I think that's what I'm picking up on now that you say that, because it feels so authentic and uplifting and inspiring for me. But yes, very real, like real, like it's like I know something from August 12th you posted that you just wanted to appreciate. You wanted to just talk about your appreciation for your hopeful friends and it and that yeah. you know better looks different I think is how you put it better looks different for everybody because we're all unique yeah. and what it was a video and I just remember thinking this feels like it just came to you you said uh, yeah yeah like I want to share this and it was so inspiring because it felt like real time yeah that's how my thoughts <laughs> usually go when I, when I whenever I talk even the podcast that we were doing right now I kind of I looked at your questions. I was ready for them, but I, I didn't really write anything or think anything through. I just kind of kind of roll with it, you know? Yeah, well, I, that's what I want. It's a free-flowing, unscripted conversation that I'm hoping for. And that's so, so far, that's really how it's been. I do send a few questions that pop in my head, but sometimes those don't even get answered or asked. Then <laughs> we just talk about, like, kind of what where it goes, wherever the conversation goes. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I know that when you said yes to this conversation, I was so excited. For one, I really appreciate male adoptees being a guest because I think female adoptees are we just seem to be overrepresenting in the community and so I know other male adoptees want to hear from male adoptees, you know? So I I know that was like, yes, I'm so glad he agreed to come on. And it's something about your personality. It's just, I just feel like, like everything is good, you know, like I I know everything is not good for any of us. We have, like you said, the ebb and flow of life, but some, somehow you find a way to, I think, pivot. Yeah. I would say like, if things are going maybe left, you find a way. And I, I've identified people that seem to do that in life. Like you said, not one to hold grudges and and that you were protected. You know, the situation that you learned about 
in your family of origin, yeah, God must have been there, you know, and I do believe in God. And I do subscribe to looking at things in the best way possible, like to, to figure out a way to find what is of value, what is empowering in our story. And, yes. and it, it feels like you've done that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, yeah, I think 100 percent, you know, it, you know, it's interesting. Um, Something just came to mind. There's this Christian rap song, right? I cannot remember the name. I can't remember who sings it. But this guy talks about, he talks about this, a situation where he's the type of person where he wants everybody to know his name, right? He wants to, he wants to walk into a room and be welcome, but, but he also like kind of wants to be left alone. The, the only thing I kind of take from that is kind of like appreciating peace, you know, like, I guess I do relate it to myself a little bit. Like I, I appreciate peace in life. But I'm not going to lie that I am I am prone to attention seeking as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can admit that. Like, I can admit I am prone to uh, an attention seeker. Would you consider yourself an extrovert? You know, maybe not. Maybe not, though. I, okay. I kind of like, I think I'm a little bit more introverted, to be honest. But okay, it's kind of like, I just need to, I want myself to be seen so I'm not forgotten. Um, right. No, seriously, like, I can admit it. I mean, even you have people on social media that will say, oh, you're just, you're just looking for attention. But the fact that they're they're on there, too, they, you know, they need to be seen, too. Right. So I don't, and I don't consider it a bad thing. It's you know, not a bad thing. And I'm glad you shared that. You know, yeah. I just thought about it. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I think you're right. I think we do want to be seen. And you'll hear people say I feel seen and that means so much right now when people say that yeah it means a lot like people know what that means yeah you want to be seen yeah and you know <laughs> and like Martin Luther King Jr. said about light you know to push out the darkness or something like that mm-hmm. right right I'm not good I'm not good at quotes but <laughs> I know but yeah, it, I know so, exactly what you're talking about you know say so like the thing is like I feel like when we shine our light it kind of helps not only for our, us to be seen, but for others to be for seen others as well. To be, yes, yeah, because you know they're, yeah, they're standing. They're, they're, any, anybody like that's standing close, yeah, you know, it's all about like they want to feel safe and seen and a million other things, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I guess in closing, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish to share? I really can't think of anything right at the moment. What about LDAs? What 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 guidance do you have specifically for LDAs? Since you've kind of well, you've known for a while, and and they're they're people that are just learning today. They did a DNA test, and they're new to the community and new to this this notion. It's it's so yeah. sad to me to be 30, 40, 50 years old and learning you you were adopted. I would say definitely like, yeah, like when you're a late discovery adoptee, yeah, you've had, you've had a life before this and you can't really, you really can't change who you are or who you become really that much, but you could add on to it. You know, you could just add on to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What you learn, add on to it, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a process of like, they always talk about peeling the layers back and stuff. You know, they talk about the onion, the peeling the layers back, you know, life. But yeah, you know, you just have to 
learn to add on to it. Learn to add on to it. Very, very good. Well, I thank you so much for having this conversation with me, Keith. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah, this is really great. The quote that Keith cites during our conversation by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Quote, unquote is a perfect example of how he chooses to live his life. Keith's bright inner light allows for others around him to feel his warmth and shine too. I like how he says, add on to our already lived life when new information and truth becomes an addition to our story. It is a continual journey with peaks and valleys, a relentless ebb and flow in our lives. It is better to embrace that fact. Keith effortlessly makes himself available to the adoption community and reminds me of the saying, there are no strangers, just friends who we have yet to meet. Thank you, Keith, for having this uplifting conversation. You shared what has worked for you, and it's my belief that it has served you well. We both sign on to leaning into positivity, optimism, and having a deep appreciation for what life has to offer. As I often say that I heard from someone else, love life and it will love you back. Remember to always look at the show notes of each episode for more information about our guest. If you like Once Upon a Time in Adoptee Land, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, follow and or give a five-star rating so others can find it too. During the course of your day, I hope you will tell at least one friend or someone who you believe might find value in it, because word of mouth is the best way for me to grow the show. Remember to share this podcast on social media to spread the word, hashtag AdopteeLand. Thank you for being here.